This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pissed off. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick and it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. This is Feds. I'm Rick. And you are listening to us. We are recording together once again in our studios in the beautiful Ewing, New Jersey. It is December 28th, a Friday evening, 6.17 p.m. And don't forget that you are listening to the Wide Open Sportscast, and you can find us on SoundCloud at Wide Open Sportscast, and also look for us on Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn as well. And then don't forget that you can find us at Wide Open underscore Sports on Twitter if you want to interact with the show. Merry Christmas, dude. How was your uh, Christmas? My Christmas was pretty good. Uh... Had a lot of food, got a few nice gifts, and I was pretty happy. Well, what did uh, what did Santa bring you? Santa brought me uh, brand new sunglasses because mine got ran over by a taxi cab. I thought you were about to say got ran over by a reindeer. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Um, <laughs> and what else did I get? Uh, I got this hat that I'm wearing right now. It's nice. Oh, very nice. This quarter zip and a few other pieces of clothing. It was nice. How about you, man? Get anything good? Yeah, I um I I've been asking for a Tottenham track jacket for the past 4 years for Christmas. I got two this year. I got their official one they walk out with and another one as well, so that was awesome. I also I got a um marathon windbreaker jacket from running the New York Marathon. That was pretty cool. And like then, New York Marathon sent you that or one of your family members got that for you? Uh, someone got it for me. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a congrats you did it, here's a Christmas present type thing. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, And then Santa got me this USA jersey I'm wearing, the white USA jersey with the red and blue stripes on it. I like that. So it was good. The only bad uh, Christmas gift I got was I had to go and get x-rays today. Oh, shit. Um, I was up at above and beyond last night in Hoboken and um the show was in Brooklyn that was awesome went till four o'clock in the morning so I am running on coffee <laughs> right now mm-hmm. but the went to the doctor and it looks like my marathon may have gifted me with a possible uh torn meniscus in my left knee and a strained right hamstring Jeez, so right now man. both my legs are a little left up but yeah that's okay could be so you're gonna be waddling for a little bit I mean they said two weeks of absolute rest, and I should be fine. Like, literally, no exercise, extremely slow walking, and if I, when I start physical therapy, he said that probably the meniscal tear, if I have it, he said if it, the pain stops in two weeks, I don't have a meniscus tear. If it's back, he thinks it's so small. Have you, have you been, in, like, experiencing, like, sharp amounts of pain throughout your leg to your hip or something or just my knee it's literally just the knee yeah but um you know i don't think it is i think it's just i need to take a break and it's actually perfect the two weeks that they told me to take a rest or the two weeks we have all from our indoor soccer league that's nice (laughs) 
So probably should have adhered to the doctor's directions when he said, don't do anything. And then I went to a rave last night. (laughs) Yeah, right. Jumping around a little too much. Actually, no. I've stood there and was just moving my arms like, yay, this is fun. They they put you in the wheelchair section. Oh, dude, I should have. I should have been (laughs) like, I'm broken. Yeah, right. (laughs) Wheel me up front. Yeah, exactly. Get us to get me in the VIP. That would have been sick. That would have been sick. All right, you want to jump into it? Yeah, man. So, this week we're going to be doing a 2018 review. We're going to go over some of our favorite highlights from this year. But... First, we really have to pay homage to what's going to be a great week in the NFL as we have a lot of key games going on. They're going to decide who is in, who is out, and who gets what seed in the playoffs. Needless to say, I am a nervous wreck. Oh, actually, I, I, I do need to say one more thing. Oh, no. So, so we're, talking about, we're talking about football and all. Yes. So one of my Christmas gifts this year was a Juju Smith-Schuster color rust jersey. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's great. The only problem, though, is the last three Steelers jerseys I've got. I know where this is going. Something has happened. So uh, I got a James Harrison jersey two days after they were eliminated from the playoffs against Tim Tebow and the Broncos. I got a Le'Veon Bell jersey. Three days after he got his uh, his uh, his ligament torn in his leg after the Vontez Burfitt tackle, and then this year I get a Juju Smith Smith uh, Schuster jersey. Two days after they're pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. Like I I should never buy a jersey again. Dude, I was in that boat. I I if you go back to previous podcasts, I've talked about how jinxed I am. With yeah. football jerseys. <laughs> I got like a Randy Moss Vikings jersey. It was in the mail and he got traded to the Raiders. Yeah, right. Jeez. Like, it's it's unbelievable. My Eagles jersey, I got Wentz. I mean, hopefully that play, plays off all right. I got a, a Zach Ertz, like, shirt. I have a full shirt. I kept it. And I'm like, ah, oh, this might come in handy one day after he got traded the first time. And yeah, that really paid off well. <laughs> Um, surprisingly, knock on wood, my soccer jerseys have paid off very well. So let's keep that streak going at least. Yeah. It just seems like football seems to be my problem whenever I get jerseys. Mm, I don't know if it's karma or just I'm cursed. I don't know. Could be a little bit of both. But anyway, let's, uh, jump back into the, uh, playoff picture a little bit there. So yeah, I'm a nervous wreck. Uh, yeah. Uh, I am a little bit too. Yeah. Both Uh, of us are really in a hot seat this week. I, I, I need the Browns to dominate the Ravens and the Steelers to sneak by the Bengals. Although Steelers kind of have a little bit of a problem because Antonio Brown is getting his knee checked today. So I did see that. So that's not looking too good. Uh, and I think the Ravens are, I think, I think the Ravens are going to take uh, the fourth spot in the AFC playoffs. Where did this Ravens team come from? You think? Uh, I mean, uh, I think it's pretty obvious with the quarterback change. I mean, Flacco is is a good quarterback, but he's a checkdown quarterback. Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's not the he's not the best quarterback in the league by far, but he he has more variation to his offense because he can run, he right. can throw, and he can do play action. He he is he is really good. I'm actually really surprised that he went that deep into the NFL draft. 
in 2015. Yeah, what round was he? Was he still he, a first he was, rounder? He was a oh yeah, he was third. Yeah, he was third. The Ravens traded up for him. Yeah, I remember that now. I mean, that that was pretty much a steal for them. Oh uh, yeah, look at where it's got it now, and that defense yeah, the has defense come out is... of nowhere. Well, that defense has been pretty good for a few years now. Um, off and on, they've they've had their moments where they haven't been that good, but I would say overall they've been pretty damn good. So it's starting to look a little uh, look like the Steelers are going to be missing the playoffs for the first time in a few years. So you and I have a very high possibility of talking about um, playoffs on this podcast with neither of our teams in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, we've only been doing this for over a year now, so... Still sad. Yeah, it's still sad. So it's not like it's a landmark thing, but... I feel like besides the NBA, every sport that we've talked about, we've had at least one of our playoffs, one of our teams in the playoffs. NFL playoffs last year, we had the Eagles and the Steelers in it. NHL, both Devils fans. Devils got in. MLB, the Sox. Yeah. Um, basketball. I mean, I know you just jumped. You're uh, part of the process now, so I guess we could count that. Process. Oh no, you're not the process. You're like the Kings. Yeah, the Kings, dude. I'm jumping on the Kings bandwagon. Yeah, I don't know why I thought you were the process. Nope. But, um, I don't cheer for any Philly teams. So, uh, something I like that the NFL did going into Week 17 is they got all the meaningless games out of the way first at 1. Yeah. There's not a single game in 1 o'clock that makes any difference. Dolphins, Bills, done. Lions, Packers, done. Jets, Patriots. The only one that could matter is the Patriots winning could affect um, standings in or, the or AFC. Losing. W- or winning, losing. Winning or losing could affect standings. That's the only one that really counts, but like they're playing the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saints, they already have that locked up. Teddy Bridgewater's starting. No shit, really. Yeah, yeah, they announced it today. That's awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you're gonna save Drew Brees, you got a good backup there. You might as well do it because you're you're not really advancing or you're not really losing too much when you put Teddy Bridgewater in because he's definitely capable. Mm-hmm. Well, let me counteract that. He looked good in preseason with the Jets. Yeah, I don't know what he's. He is in regular season, and he hasn't played a full regular season game in, what, like three years? I think so. Yeah, so it's that's going to be a little tough in a way. Nonetheless, it's still great to see him out there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Even though the game means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I stand corrected. The other game that only really matters at 1 o'clock is Texans-Jags because if the Patriots lose and the Texans win, the Texans jump back into the two spot. Yeah. But the – was, Texans will beat the Jags. The Patriots aren't losing to the Jets. Um, the Jets Patriots had their close game already. They always have that one game where they where the Jets play them close, and the second one the Patriots win like forty to nothing. Yeah, but Jets like to play spoiler, and i i wouldn't I wouldn't say it's an easy win for them because Jets like especially against the Patriots. Jets like to play spoiler. They do, and they show up. I just I don't I can't. It could be close. I just think that they're in this continual pattern. Where they play close at MetLife, and then it's a blowout in Gillette, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to favor the blowout in Gillette there, and then Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys. The the Cowboys might be one of the worst teams of all time to win a division. Well, he was probably they're probably in one of the, arguably probably one of the worst divisions in the league this year. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, the Eagles were supposed to show up. They didn't show nope. up. Giants, Way too late. Giants, everyone knew what you were getting with the Giants, pretty much. Actually, the Giants have actually. proceeded. <laughs> actually, um, they've um, exceeded my expectations a little bit, the Giants. I, no, I'll, I'll say that. Like, I, I mean, they got five wins. That's that's pretty good. And But I don't see them doing... Excuse me, doing too much, especially with OG, uh, OBJ out again two mm-hmm. weeks in a row, uh, and also the Redskins. The Redskins, they they were just a solid team. They they had consistency there, but then once they lost Alex Smith, everything fell to shit. Yeah, and just and, uh, another like an astronomical amount of injuries. Yeah, so that they, somehow the Eagles still have more injuries than them. Get the, the Philadelphia Eagles have had more starters on both sides of the ball combined out of any team in the NFL this year. Injured, they, they've mean? had the most different starters on offense oh, and defense this year. Out. More than anyone else. They've had like 40-something starters, this, different starters this year. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, I mean, really, one o'clock games, Patriots are going to win. That's just going to leave that. Patriots are in the two seed. That's all I'm going to say for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, four. Oh, and Falcons, Bucks, Nothing. Um, we've got maybe the end of Fitz Magic. That's it. Um, four o'clock. Here's where we get to the good stuff. Uh, we got the Raiders visiting uh, Kansas City. Seahawks Cardinals. That means nothing. Cardinals probably going to play to lose that game because they'll get the number one draft pick with a loss. And the Seahawks are already locked into the five spot. Doesn't matter. They can't go up or down. They're stuck where they are. 49ers Rams. Um, we'll get into that one in a second. Why that's important. Same with Broncos, Chargers, Bears, Vikings. Vikings win, they're in. Um, go Bears, duh, Bears. Uh, Ravens win, they're in. Eagles, Redskins, Eagles, they can win, but they need that Vikings loss to happen. Steelers need that need to win, need that Ravens loss to happen. Um, what do you Ra- look at Ra- here? Well, in the Ravens 4 o'clock? are Ravens are in either if they win or if they lose and the Steelers lose. Right. So. It's like the the Steelers, both of our teams are in the same spot. Yeah. A loss, we're done. A win, we need someone else to lose for mm-hmm. both of both Pennsylvania football teams to make it this year. Um. So looking at Chiefs Raiders, Chiefs need that win because if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers beat the Broncos, the Chargers get the number one seed. Yeah, that's. Uh, I. I honestly think at this point, I think the Chargers are a better team than the Chiefs. I would agree with you on so, that. That you could see the wheels are finally falling off the Chiefs after you know the loss of Hunt and everything. Like you, you can finally see the effect starting to kick in. Yeah. Regardless uh, of how good Pat Mahomes is. Yeah, as well as the Raiders. I mean, multiple times this year they've they played spoiler. Like they beat uh, who they beat last week. I forget. I but, forget. Um, uh, they, what was any, the anyway, they, they they beat the Steelers a few weeks ago, which sucked for me. They uh, Raiders beat the Broncos. And week sixteen. Yep. 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 Raiders beat the Broncos, which pretty much, I think they had a chance at that point. If not, it was that's still yeah. pretty big, especially because. That win right there may be the last win. I saw that. Yeah, Oakland. they did like a lap of honor and everything in the Coliseum. Like they took extra time to go into the locker room because they know that that could be the last game. Yeah, because Oakland is suing the Raiders at this point, and it doesn't look good for them. So they're no. probably going to be looking for a vacation home, to say I the least, think next year. They said maybe San Diego go down to Qualcomm. 
I mean, and I then mean, moving to well. Vegas. Might as well. I mean, San Diego, they, they lost a team. They can get a team for one more year. San Diego. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, they're they're getting an AF, AAF team, so maybe they'll get that team as well. So, what do you think happens here? The Chiefs going to take care of business against Oakland, or do you think the Chargers beat Denver and the Raiders pull another one? And uh, the Chargers would be the road would go well, through the StubHub Center, well, all eighteen thousand people that could fit inside of it. Well, I mean, both both those teams, uh, both those games could be huge for multiple reasons. One, the Broncos' defense is a damn good defense, mm-hmm. so they can play spo- they can pay spoiler for the Chargers. If the Chargers lose that game, then I mean, it's it's over. It doesn't even matter if the Chiefs win or lose. Right. So, I, I'm more interested in who becomes the the top rank of each one of those uh, of uh, of each one of those. Um, what am I trying to say of that division? What do you think? What's your honest prediction for that first one? For which one? The, the uh, Chiefs and Raiders. I think the Chiefs are. I think the Chiefs are good enough to still beat the Raiders. Yeah, I, I think just, they'll take care of business. It's it just, it's just very interesting that it's the Raiders and they've, they kind of played spoiler last week. So I want to see if they and and a few weeks ago. So I want to see if they do that again. As well as I think the Chargers will beat the Broncos, mm. but it's going to be a damn close game just because of the Broncos defense. Yeah. So I think the Chargers will beat the Broncos. So Chiefs and Patriots taking the one and two seed. Uh, yeah. I think so. And then let's jump over. So here's why I'm watching the Rams game closely. Obviously, as a Philadelphia fan, I need a Bears win. And Matt Nagy already said, yo, we're going out 110%. We are going full throttle trying to win this game. Because if they win, and if somehow the Rams slip up to the Niners, the Bears move up to the two seed. And they would get the... um. They would get a, a buy. And he said the only way they're going to take the foot off the gas is if they go in at halftime and see the Rams up like 35 on yeah. the 49ers, which sadly is very possible. I mean, yeah, it's very possible. But I'm a big 49ers fan this week, uh, so that's why I'm watching that. Rams are going to win. It's just a matter of can the 49ers keep it close enough to keep the Bears interested in their game against the Vikings to help Philadelphia out. Yeah. Um, but besides that, let's jump into, let's go to me first. Bears, Vikings, Eagles, Redskins, obviously the two big games I'm watching. Bears are pretty much locked in to the three spot. But again, if they win and the Rams lose to the Niners, the Bears go up to the two seed. The Rams will go down to the three seed. Um, and then whoever the three seed is will see Minnesota or Philadelphia. And then, obviously, Eagles, dude, dude, the story continues. Big Dick Nick. The the story of St. Nicky Foles continues. Um, put up 400 yards last week and a very good um, – I, I, I'm going to take that back. Not a very good. It was a very good day for Foles. But once again, the Eagles nearly blew another double-digit fourth-quarter lead um, to lose. But they end up beating the Texans. Uh, so the Eagles are still alive on a last-second field goal by Big Four Jake Elliott. Uh, the, the Redskins, the Eagles fans can't go into Washington thinking that's an easy one either. Yeah, Washington has nothing to play for. They're on their fourth-string quarterback, but they're still a pretty good team. Like When you look at some of their scores from their past few games with this completely just decimated team, um, they played the Titans well. Barely beat the Jags. Got blown out by the Giants. 
You know, so if you look at those two results, beating the Jags by three and getting torched by New York, that's whatever. But they had a chance to beat the Titans. So the Eagles can't go into this game in Washington and uh, sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I do think the magic of St. Nicky Six is going to continue. They rally around him so well. Um, Nick Foles, since replacing Carson Wentz as a starter last year in L.A., is 9-1 and one as a starter for Philadelphia. His Pretty one good. loss was the loss to the Bucks in Week 2. Yeah, and that was a resurgence of... Uh... The Fitz magic. magic. Exactly. Um, so I do think Foles magic is going to continue. I just think the Redskins, they're, I'm not going to take them lightly, but they do have a lot of injuries, and obviously Philadelphia needs this, and I think they will rally behind St. Nicky one more time. But I don't know if the Bears are going to get it done in Minnesota. Yeah. That's, but, I mean, the, the only thing that you have going for you there is that Kirk Cousins chokes in big moments. Right. So, except when Philadelphia is there, because when you go back a few years, those Redskins Eagles are playing each other week 16, winner won the division and went into the playoffs. Kirk Cousins beat the Eagles, although his opposing quarterback was Mark Sanchez. Yeah, well, what are you going to do there? Who had Mark Sanchez had the best day of his career and they still lost. Uh, he threw, like, a game-losing interception. So, I mean, arguably, you could say Mark Sanchez just choked more than Kirk Cousins did. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's not even in the picture. No. Um. So, I will be pulling for Kirk Cousins to choke yet again, but I think this time he might actually deliver. He does have a very good team around him. The Vikings are playing well. And, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'm a- forever going to rub it into the face of Vikings fans 34-7. We won the Super Bowl in your house. But this is a chance for Minnesota to get back on uh, Philadelphia for winning it all in their stadium last year, and I I just I I like the Bears a lot. I think they're a great team, great defense. Trubisky has been great this year, but going into Minnesota in a must-win game for Minnesota is very tough. I don't think the Bears are necessarily going to win this game. It's going to have to be Kirk Cousins is going to lose this game somehow. I agree. And that's what it has to come down to. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm picking Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia wins comfortably against Washington. But the Bears aren't going to win. The Vikings are going to lose it, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I, can de- I can definitely agree with that. But my honest prediction, I, I, unfortunately, I think Minnesota is going to pull it out. I think they're too good to lose twice to the Bears. Because the Bears are a good team, but so are the Vikings. And I don't see the Bears sweeping them. True. So, unfortunately, I think Philly finishes 9-7 and seven, just short. Too little, too late. Now, for you, Rick, Ravens-Browns, Steelers-Bengals. How are you feeling? Uh, not too confident, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I feel like you and I, well, even though Antonio Brown is out, we're in the same spot where I feel like we feel more comfortable. Actually, I'm not sure. Do you feel more comfortable in the Steelers being able to take care of the Bengals, or do you feel more comfortable that the Ravens are going to beat the Browns? I think the Ravens are going to beat the Browns. Uh, I think uh, I, I think the the Browns will probably keep it close. I'm I'm not, I've never been more of a Browns fan until this weekend. So I think the Browns will keep it close, but I just think get you that Baker the, jersey. The, yeah, right. Uh, just 
I'm just thinking at the end of the day, the Ravens, I think, are more of a more solid, more complete team, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. So I that's where my my head is at. Uh, I think the I think the Steelers should with or without because Antonio Brown is questionable still. He's not he's not out. He's questionable. Even with him out, still got, still got Juju. We still got Big Ben who can find any target. Yeah. Uh, our running game is a little questionable right now just because of all the injuries there, and we're kind of a passing team at this point. But I still think that's enough to beat the Bengals, even though the Bengals always seem to keep it close against us. I could I see you guys taking care of Cincy. I don't see the Ravens let the opportunity slip last year when they let it fall to the Bills. I don't see that happening again. Yeah. If it does, Baltimore is going to burn itself to the ground. If yeah. they blow another chance to go to the playoffs in week 17 to a team that has absolutely nothing to play for. Yeah, that would be that would definitely be nice to have that two two years in a row. Yeah, especially I'm, you as a Steelers fan would have some um talking points over your bitter rival there. Yeah, right. But I, honestly, the the best game of the week is Colt, should be the Colts and the Titans. Yes, that, that literally has all these other games have law on the line. This is the win. It, this is the only game that is win and you're in. Shout out to the NFL for doing something right and flexing it. Yeah. So th- this is a great. This should be a great Sunday night game, because uh, I mean, I don't know if Mariota is even gonna play. That's gonna that may suck, uh, but. Titans defense is great. Derrick Henry is on fire. On fire. Uh, Andrew Luck having—I don't know if he's having a career year, but he's having a career comeback. Mm-hmm. So, which is good. And both teams are nine and six, just itching to get into the playoffs. Yep, winning, you're in. Yeah. So it's if one of them wins, then obviously they're in. They may even actually, if the Texans if you, lose, if yeah, they may become the. Uh, the uh, the uh, AFC South champion. Which which team is that? Uh, yeah, uh, Indianapolis. Actually, both. Yeah, both. If Indy wins, and, and as long if Houston loses, the yeah. winner wins the division. Exactly. So that's that's even more on the line, especially when that comes earlier in the day. If you see that Houston potentially loses against the Jaguars, which is highly doubtful, but let's just say they do there's that that game's probably going to be one of the most talked about storylines going into this that has to be one of the most talked yeah. about storylines going into this week cuz then instead of Houston you going to Houston Houston's coming to you yeah so we'll, we'll have to see but who are you going to take uh, in that game yeah indy i I'm, I'm going to take indy for this stat alone andrew luck all time against Tennessee, nine and zero. No shit. Yep, no. he's never lost to the Titans, and I think if Mariota's out, that's definitely gonna hurt him. Oh yeah, yeah definitely obviously. gonna hurt him. Um, is there any word on if Ebron is back for the Colts? Uh, I have I have not seen that information. I can look look it up real quick. We really need to get a fact checker. Yeah. Ebron, uh. Turns to practice, so he will probably be in. Yeah, especially in a winner-take-all game, he's definitely going to play. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> I think like you need to have all your starters, as many as you can. But 
That is that. So, if we, let's run through it real quick. Our predictions for the last week of regular season. And to me, the most bittersweet part of the year is that around 8 o'clock when Red Zone is going to sign off for the entire offseason. And it pops up for the first time. Thank you for watching Red Zone. See you in September. I don't know if I've it's ever watched Red Zone so, long enough to It's see so that. bittersweet. Eh. Cuz it's like, "Oh, but also to the playoffs are coming." I mean, yeah. I I've I've kind of like stopped watching as much Red Zone, especially when the Steelers are on. Yeah, I mean, so. I won't be watching it this time. I think what I'm going to do is uh, no, you're good. I'm going to set up a kind of like a war room in here. Put the um Eagles Vikings on uh, the Eagles on um, Redskins on my big TV. Get a I have two laptops, one laptop for Vikings, Bears, and Red Zone on the other one, and just have people come over and be like, "All right, welcome to the war room, people." Yeah, <laughs> big time. Uh, so Dolphins Bills going with the fish. What about you? Uh, yeah, fish. Fish. Packer Packers will get a win against the Lions. Hopefully, I I, I think they'll get they'll get it done. They've been good in Lambeau this year. Um, Patriots over the Jets in Gillette. Pats. Um, Saints, Carolina in New Orleans with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I'm going to go Panthers. Hmm. I, I, I mean, it's nice that Teddy Bridgewater's back, but I'm, this game I, also means nothing. No it, one's going to play. It means nothing, but I feel like the, uh, the Panthers are going to want to go out with a bang and also kind of screw up the Saints because... I think the Saints could be jumped by. No, they they oh, they that's clinched. right, that's right, yeah. They, yeah, they they're clinched. done. They yeah. clinched. Well, anyway, if it's it's a nothing game, I'm going with the Panthers. Um, Texans over Jags. Do you agree there? Yes. And then I see the Giants beating the Cowboys at home. I don't. In MetLife, just because I think same thing. I think Cowboys are going to take the foot off the gas eventually. I uh, I don't think so. I th- I think the Cowboys found. Found their what they needed, and they're rolling with it. Not gonna rest, and they're not gonna rest. Why? Why would they rest at this point? There's no no reason to rest. Already locked up. You know, can't go up or down. They're a four seed. Yeah, they can't go up or down. But you also want to go in with momentum. And then Falcons Bucks. I'm gonna take the Falcons. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Falcons too. Um, then so the f- big, big, big four o'clock games. Chiefs over Oakland. I agree. Seattle's going to beat Arizona. Arizona might not even show up. They might take a forfeit so they could get the one seed. No, I mean, not the one seed, the uh, number one draft pick. Yeah, I agree. Um, Rams Rams will beat the 49ers. I think the Niners will keep it close enough that the Bears don't bench everyone at halftime. I will take the Rams as well. I'm going to take the Chargers over Denver. I agree. Unfortunately, I'm going to take the Vikings over Chicago. I'm going with the Bears. Thank you, Rick. I'm, I'm just being pessimistic. Um, I unfortunately to give you the bad news, I think the Ravens will beat the Browns. I'm just gonna say the Browns just because I want it. Um, watch uh, the Eagles are gonna take care of Washington. Probably, yeah. And then I think the Steelers will beat the Bengals. I don't think it's gonna be enough. And then the Colts will get the win in Tennessee. Yep, agree with those two as well. And then, so that looks like we would set up the playoffs would be um, AFC, the buys, according to our predictions, would be the Chiefs and the Patriots with the one and two. And then the NFC would be the Saints in the Rams. Yeah. And then our playoff matchups in a week 
will be we we see. Um, we'll get the the we, Bears are gonna would then get Minnesota. Yep. And then Cal the Cal- Cowboys Seattle's locked. That doesn't matter. Cowboys are playing Seattle no matter what happens. They're locked into the four and five. And then the AFC that would put us with Houston hosting the Colts. And then Ravens Chargers rematch in Baltimore. Yeah, although I, th- I if th- if that does pan out, I'm hoping it's Steelers Chargers and we get a little bit of revenge there. Yeah, but I don't think that will happen. <laughs> All right, so that's for us leading into Week 17. You can give us your feedback. What do you think is going to happen this week? Do you want to torment me and say that the Vikings are going to slaughter the Bears and destroy my hopes by the first quarter? You can tell us at WideOpen underscore sports on Twitter. Tell us what you think. And with that, Rick, it is time for our annual review. Yeah, man. Uh, So might as well just jump right back into uh, NFL. Why don't we talk about a player that didn't show up and a player that did show up? Yes. Uh, first off, obviously, I think the biggest player pulled out probably ever. Le'Veon. Le- Le'Veon Bell. And it's seriously shown what, what's happened to Steelers about Le'Veon Bell. Now, I think we can't put the whole thing on him because we've also made some pretty bad decisions and we've also had to play ref ball a little too much. Mm-hmm. But Le'Veon Bell not being there has definitely hurt the Steelers. Uh, Steelers probably should be only a three-loss team. In my Definitely, opinion. if they had Le'Veon Bell, they would not. They would not have lost seven already. Yes. So, I, I would say that's huge. But a player that showed up and in surprising fashion, no one saw this at the beginning of the year. Pat Mahomes. Yeah, no one saw that coming, dude. He can't even believe some of his throws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you when you can throw a pass without even looking at the dude, I mean. What? How the hell are you supposed to defend that? Yeah, dude, and, he, incredible. And he's he's so accurate, and we knew that he would be a good quarterback. Not great. Not well. I wouldn't say that. You you never know. Not a, great yet. Not great yet. But he he's having an amazing year, an MVP style year. He he he's probably the top contender right now for the MVP. Yeah, him and Breeze definitely. I think. Yeah. So I th- I think that. Those two things for a player not being there and a player being there, those are probably like the biggest storylines. And look at what's happened to the Chiefs because of that. They're yeah. probably going to get the one seed. But will fat Andy Reid blow it in the playoffs again? Well, you have a little bitterness there. Only but, a little bit. But speaking of kind of uh, Chiefs and well, other teams, including like 49ers, the off-the-field issues continue to happen and plague, <laughs> plague the NFL. It's it's pretty crazy. And the NFL, at the beginning of this year, said they, they've improved their investigations, yada, yada, yada. A lot of BS, because it's oddly showed, especially with, uh, with Kareem, not Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I was about to say, Kareem Hunt comes flying in the door like, hey, everyone. Yeah, so with Kareem, like, obviously Kareem's Hunt. But it is hard. I will will give the benefit of the doubt to the NFL. It is hard to kind of judge based off word to mouth. And it it sucks in that way, especially with uh, abuse against someone. That really sucks when there kind of needs to be physical evidence. Right. But, I mean... 
he this happened at the be before the year even started. Yeah, all the way back in and February. They pre- and they pretty much did nothing. Whereas they tried to do this with Ezekiel Elliott and they fucked around with him the whole year until he was suspended last year for six games when the Cowboys really needed him to make a playoff push. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of did the opposite with this, which deb- debatably is for better or for worse. But, I mean, the Chiefs released him right away and and the NFL put him on the exempt list. And so, then, of course, the national anthem policy making its headway at the start of the year. and Yeah, the national anthem policy. But going into that, what could be a big reason of this – Ratings have increased for NFL games. Bad press is good press. <laughs> and the, what was it? The the Saints-Cowboys game was the h- highest rated Thursday night game ever, which is huge for the NFL because Thursday night games are really good, but that's really because Fox paid a shit ton of cash to make sure they got good games on Thursday night. Yeah, th- Thursday night games used to be unwatchable. Yeah, they they used Brutal. to be unwatchable. And there are there are the one or two that are still unwatchable, but I mean, you only get one game on Thursday whereas you'll get like 13 on Sunday, but all of them could be unwatchable or some of them could or all of them could be watchable. Right. Type thing. So, they made sure that they wanted the good games on these times and made sure it it worked and it worked. It was it's incredible. It's a lot of fun to watch football on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah, I definitely definitely agree that that was a great move uh, for them. And uh, I mean, what do we think about the officiating this year in the NFL, man? Um, I mean, it's, I, it's I a going... story. It's a story every year. Yeah, I it it's a it's really a story ever since the uh, ever since the uh, fail ref, Mary, the fail Mary, the uh, ref holdout with these refs being like. Ask for money, and they got it, but people are not happy with them. It that's where this whole storyline I feel like really it was there, but really jumped to the next step. Did you see Nick Foles have his head ripped off with no face mask call, and then literally two plays later, Brandon Graham like arm tackled Deshaun Watson and got called for roughing the passer. I, I didn't watch that game fully, so I, I have no idea, but I understand as. As an Eagles fan, you are probably a little bit pissed about that. That, that, the three green Eagles jerseys fell on top of the ball, but we don't know who... And the Eagles player gave the ref the ball, but we don't know who recovered it. I mean, dude, I can talk about ref ball all day. We can talk about how there was multiple multiple offsides of the San Diego Steelers game. Yeah. But... Like a San Diego Pittsburgh game, I should say. Uh, Every single team has faced the issue this year. Not a single team, even me, being the typical whiny but, Eagles fan, can say, "Oh, the refs were so bad to Philly this year." They, it was all over the league. I mean, w- dude, it is such a hard job to be perfect at, and no one is perfect, especially nowadays where there's nothing but cameras around you. There's nothing that can't. Yeah, it's, that that's. I think that's another thing. There's so many cameras around, and they're showing a- angles of things that refs cannot see so if a ref is standing on the left side of the field but the face mask is on the right uh, there could be a ref there there could not be a ref there they have to be watching multiple things at multiple times so i think the big thing with ref ball is the amount of cameras that and the amount of angles that we see as well as it really hyped up after the fail mary um but going back to ratings increase uh i think another reason uh besides possibly the uh the uh what's it the uh national anthem rules uh probably the scoring 
Scoring has increased tremendously because it's this is now a passing league. Yeah. For years, it was a running league. Now it's a passing There's league. There's only one team in the NFL this year that has averaged more runs than pass per game. Can you name that team? Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Correct. Yeah. So that, that's every time I watch a Seattle Seahawks game, they say that every yeah. single time. So that's like such an easy stat now. But uh, scoring has increased tremendously, which I think – People love offense. Some people yeah. like defense. People love I, scoring. I like defense. I think defense is more interesting than offense, mm-hmm. even though it's damn exciting when Ben Roethlisberger throws an eight-yard pass to Juju. Yeah. But I think defense is more exciting for me. It's just, it's dude, it's what the Americans like. That's why the number one complaint with s- soccer is soccer so boring. It ends one nothing. There's yeah. not a lot of scoring. Like Americans love scoring, high action, back and forth. Why do you think we like basketball? They score 130 points a night. Yeah. Um, hockey even now see sees so many more goals scored than there used to be. Every, every now, time, every time I I bet on hockey, I bet the over, and nine out of ten times I hit it. Yeah. It's it's crazy. They they used to not be like that, but yeah. Again, hockey, uh, basketball, uh, even, basketball. They're averaging like over two hundred twenty points combined per team yeah. in the NBA. And even now, look at the MLBs thinking about getting rid of the shift because it's limited scoring. Yeah. But I I do think that that definitely scoring definitely has a lot with it. And I mean, I mean, how else are we gonna wrap up two thousand eighteen in the NFL other than the Bird Gang? Winning their first Super Bowl title behind the Philly Special and Big Dick Nick. Yeah, definitely. One of I the mean, most I mean, emotional I mean, days of my life. Yeah, I've I've seen the pictures and heard all the stories about you crying on Bill's floor. Yep. If I wasn't a teacher, the video would have been sent in the bar school. I probably would have been on it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. That's our 2018 in the NFL in review. What about the NBA, where once again, Golden State um, wins the title. They destroy Cleveland. Yeah, the infamous J.R. Smith um, mishap that has been memed about a million times over the internet. Third title in four years for Golden State. Is this NBA season the one where that changes? Well, Golden State... uh I originally said earlier in the year that I think Golden State's going to get together. I think they will get together, but are they going to be the quality team like as they were the past few years? It does not look like it. And this also could be the end of an era with Golden State. Yeah. Multiple players need contracts. And there's no way they're going to keep them all. Yeah. I, I mean, it would be pretty crazy at this point, especially if they lose. If they lose, Clay Thompson is probably signing somewhere else. And I, th- I think I could see Draymond – same signing somewhere I, I'm, else too. I'm, I'm thinking they're gonna be able to keep one of them, not both of them. But I think Clay Thompson's gonna get a lot of money somewhere else, more than Draymond Green. Because Draymond's more of a defensive, yeah, and, player. He's not gonna light up a stat sheet in the NBA where 90 percent of the shots you take now are threes. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, Golden State needs that defense. So I think they're probably, in my opinion, they should go after Draymond more. Than they should go after Clay because. Essentially, you can probably find another guy that can shoot threes like Clay. I mean, it may not be as good, but I mean, you still have Curry and Durant there. Yeah, and that's so. more than enough than what you need. Um, and something I think a lot of people are missing for the Warriors is they still have to get Boogie. Yeah, I mean, and he's coming in the spring. Yeah. Well, hopefully, 
uh, no, he didn't have a setback. Someone else did. But, uh, yeah, he's coming in the spring. So that that may be a different story there. I mean, if Boogie is able to stay healthy, then maybe even you may be right. Draymond and Clay may be gone. I will say, I, I said it last year because I, I kind of had a falling out with the NBA a little bit. Um, just because the predictability, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs. Even though it ended up being like that last year, I thoroughly enjoyed last year, and th- I'm loving this season so far. Um, here's a stat for you: when you're looking at the Eastern and the Western Conference, um, heading into 2019, the Pelicans are 15 and 20, 14th in the West. They would be a near nine seed in the East. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, that that says how lopsided. Yeah. The West is to the East, but the new the uh, Brooklyn is that, is that sh- shocking. Hell no, no. We all saw that coming. It was the East. Everyone said, "All right, Celtics, Raptors, maybe the Sixers, Pacers playing well. The Bucks, Giannis is doing very well." Yeah. Did you see that picture of Giannis? When he first got into the NBA yeah. versus now, yeah, unbelievable. Fifty-one pounds of muscle. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Greek freak. Yeah, exactly. Absolute freak. Um, I will say though, I, I was expecting a little bit more from the Sixers. Obviously, Jimmy Butler was the big move. Yeah, and I think that was. I, I do. I do still think that's the right move. They gave a lot, but I mean, it's nice to have that that caliber of player there. Yeah. But. I mean, they play so many close games that eventually aren't going to go their way. T- every single time, like I'm at the bar watching a game, or I just have it on at home, they're up like 15, 20, and then they let them come back. Mm-hmm. Like every single time, it always happens when the starters, like Butler and, and B, oh, every the time floor. they have no depth. They have no depth, and the, none, and, that, and that's what's killing them. Every every great team has depth. They don't have depth. No, they not they at all. they will be in the playoffs, but are they going to win a championship like that? Hell no. no, dude. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are half a game out of the eight seed in the East. Yeah, and if they could win, they had about I think they've lost six games this year in the fourth quarter alone. They blew a twenty-three point lead to the Thunder. Like they they choked the fourth quarter left and right. But they could be a playoff team. Get the, get so our good friend Jeff Maglachetti um, wrote an excellent article. I think you should all check it out on Elite Sports New York. He called it the Festivus for the Rest of Us New York Edition, where he went through all nine New York area teams and aired their grievances. The Brooklyn Nets currently have the best chance at being a playoff team for New York out of any active team right now in the New York sports area. I mean, that's take that, incredible. T- take that in. Yeah. Devil, de- the active teams, devils, Rangers, Islanders, Knicks, Nets, giants, jets, all active right now. And the Brooklyn freaking Nets. Buffalo or no, no, he did not include Buffalo. Just New York city. Oh, okay. Yep. But out of those seven active teams, the Brooklyn freaking Nets, have the best chance of making the playoffs. Well, I, my my thought on that is the the Nets have been so in the gutter for so many years after that Garnett trade. Yeah, that like it's it's almost like they paid their dues that they they're they're going to be able to do something. And the now. most exciting thing is they get a draft pick now. Yeah, right. Like who knew? 
That's crazy. <laughs> it's been like they five drafts. It's been 87 years. <laughs> um, I'd say the other biggest story of the NBA is probably the LeBron change. Yeah. I mean, it, is it perfect for him? No. He still is a... He still... Excuse me. Still working with a bunch of scrubs down there. But he has but, the Lakers in fifth place, only two and a half behind the Nuggets in first place in the West right now. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting it, when... I th- I think they're gonna make it into the playoffs. I mean, if if they keep playing like the way they are, or riding LeBron's shoulders, like he's able to drive a team, if they're if they're still able to do that, it's gonna be fun watching them. Hopefully, I'm gonna say hopefully face the Warriors because LeBron. It's usually LeBron versus the Warriors. It's like the and, NBA needs it. Yeah, yeah, and yes and no. But honestly, this is really the only year I truly want to see it, especially because he's not on Cleveland anymore. And I would say the caliber of players on the Lakers probably a little bit better than what what was on Cleveland when he won the championship there, but still not great. So, and you saw what happened on Christmas night. My God. Yeah. So with LeBron getting hurt. Yeah, that's crazy. That's also another thing. Hopefully, LeBron stays healthy. Yeah, I, I think he will. Let's uh, jump into a little NHL review. The Chell, dude. I think enough of a highlight for 2018. Looking at the team right now is the fact that the Devils actually made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you would think we're we'd be a lot better team than what we are, but we're dealing with injury bug and all this other shit. But I mean, obviously the the big storyline, a couple big storylines, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Ovechkin finally wins one for Washington for their first cha- Stanley Cup championship, and literally like married the Stanley Cup trophy in the process. Yeah, I mean uh, their their celebration for it was so great is legendary. That that's just legendary. But also speaking of legendary, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, expansion team getting into the finals. They didn't win, but they got into the finals which is probably one of the most impressive feats in any major sports league ever. Yes. That, like we've talked I know we've talked about yeah, that multiple down. times. Yeah, I'm, I'll just leave it there if you want to listen to our past ones on that go right ahead and our catalog. Yeah, we've said multiple because the difference was even though the Blues did it, the Blues did it with like six other teams yes. being expanded and it wasn't as talented at that yeah, point. The, their the, division the, sucked compared to... The Golden Knights were literally thrown into the fray with a bunch of makeshift players that, like, you know, they got an expansion draft. No one wanted. You know, we're not going to protect you. You can. We're okay with letting you leave. They got a bunch of misfit toys and got all the way to the Stanley Cup final with it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean good for them. I, I think that's a huge story there. As well as, speaking of expansion... Seattle becomes the NHL's 32nd franchise to even up the West Coast and the East Coast of uh, uh, conferences. Seattle Emeralds. Just make it happen. I want the Emeralds, not the Totems. Do you think that's what they'll be? I think they're going to go with the Totems from what I've heard, but I I just it's Emerald City. Seattle Emeralds. Yeah, that makes more like that sounds better too than totems. I get it because the totem poles being Seattle's probably other than growing up in New York and Philly. You know, other than where I've grown up, Seattle's the favorite. My favoriteest. Wow, great uh, English fed. Um, Seattle's one of the best places I've ever visited yeah. in the United States, and there's totem poles everywhere. So I get it. But Emeralds just sounds a hundred times better. Even the Rainiers, because of Mount Rainier, like the Seattle Rainiers, that's cool. Totems, eh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also thought Golden Knights was kind of corny, 
it's kind of grown on me though. Yeah. But maybe may, I don't know if it's grown on me or I just got used to it. But yeah, if if they're the totems, whatever, let them be the totems. So I think that's that's the uh, probably the biggest storylines of the NHL. Yeah. Baseball damage done. Boston yeah. Red Sox won the 2018 World Series. Dude, I don't want 2018 to end. I got a Super Bowl trophy and a World Series trophy in the same year. Uh, I want to end. Both by two doomed fran. Well, the Red Sox used to be doomed. And when you look at like basically like cursed franchises, the Eagles obviously had never won a Super Bowl before this year. And even though the Red Sox are now have argu- arguably been one of the most dominant franchises since the turn of the um, 21st century... They went 86 years without winning. Yeah. So, and I saw the Eagles and the Red Sox. If you told me growing up that I would watch the Eagles and the Red Sox win a championship in the same exact calendar year, I would have told you you were out of your mind. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm like, dude, I'm not. They're not going to win anything for like another 15 years. I'm doomed now. <laughs> I've, I've I've had my at, uh, at, least, at least you've had it since you've been alive. Yeah, I exactly. I've had it with the Mets. I got close once. Yeah, 2015. Is it 15 or 16? I got close twice, 2000 and 2015. So every 15 years, we make it to the the World Series and we lose. You've had the Steelers. We had the Devils Stanley Cup trophies growing up. Yeah, Steelers. I I had those, but I haven't had what you had. Two two of your teams won a championship in the same year. Yeah. So don't don't end 2018 uh but obviously yeah the big stuff boston wins you had the dominance between boston new york and houston mainly um you know can't say it enough and brag about it enough winning the, the the division in the bronx knocking the yankees out of the playoffs in the bronx a perfect year to be a red sox fan um i do wonder though if that three-team dominance is going to change because really when you looked at it yeah, Boston, New York, and Houston were all 100 teams. The Yankees were a 100-win team and didn't win in a division. Like, I mean, yeah. What are you going to do there? Yeah, but like, is that dominance going to change? Or are we looking at another year dominated by Boston, New York, and Houston? Uh, I, for me, I hope it does because I, I, I'm okay with consistency for like two to three years, but it'd be nice to get another team, maybe like a weaker team in there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm I've always been like an underdog fan. Like, one of my favorite one of my favorite sports movies is Moneyball. So yeah, it, it's always it's always nice to see like the A's get in the mix or something like that get in the mix. But I don't know. But uh, free agency. I mean, this is going to be a 2019 story too. But the big story is. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, where the hell are they going to land? They didn't commit to it, but they said they would prefer New York over Philly. That didn't necessarily mean they're going to New York. Machado's going to go to the Yankees. You think so? Yeah, he's a bum. I fucking hate him. But he's going <laughs> to go to the Yankees. Dude, there was nothing more exciting than watching Manny Machado walk up in the World Series and be as a Red Sox fan and be like, oh my God, Machado could be the last out. And then to see him literally fall on his ass on the strike three swing for the Red Sox to win the World Series, like I said, perfect year to be a Red Sox fan. Um, he is going to go to the Yankees. D. Gregorius, they, they, I thought he was pretty good. And they're like, no, get rid of him. Machado, Machado. Uh, he's Well, I mean, if you can get Machado, you, you get Machado. But I but, don't but, – th- no, you go. Uh, but I think the big thing is D.D. seems to be injury prone. Mm-hmm. He's good, but 
you don't want to consistently have someone on the IR that's good. Yeah. Because I mean, too too many. There's too many people that too many free agents, too many people that can stay healthy that are not playing right now. So I I, I would say they would probably obviously they would prefer Manny Machado over Didi Gregorius. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna get Harper because where's he gonna fit? Yeah, I mean that that outfield's already stacked. I, th- right? I think Harper even said like, "Yo, I don't, I don't have a fit here. Like, I'd like to go to New York, but I, where are you gonna put me?" Yeah, I mean, it, it he would probably flourish in that stadium. You'd be able to hit bombs over the right field mm-hmm. all the time. But I mean, yeah, if if you're gonna be set every three games. Not not because of fatigue, just because you need to, there. There's a rotation there, like a, like pretty much a pitching rotation, but a right field rotation between him, uh, Judge and uh, John Carlos Stanton sometimes, or yeah. Gardner, uh, all all these other people there. So and when you're arguably the best player in the league, you don't sit out. Yeah, exactly. every third game because of rotation. And it it will cause conflict there. So I I agree. Not not having him there is probably a good thing. I think Harper's going to go to the Dodgers. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. They have the money. Yeah. And they they just moved Puig, who's now in the Reds. So And they've gotten they're gonna be hungry for because they've lost in the World Series the last two years. Yeah. So, so you know, they'll they'll make the push for it. Um quick little little footy talk. Um obviously big year in soccer. We had the World Cup. Uh France defeated uh underdogs, Croatia, to win their second World Cup ever in a uh four I think it was a 4-1 or 4-2 victory. I forget. France won. Yeah, it was 4-2. My boy Hugo had a howler at the end there. Uh, Successful World Cup in Russia. A lot of people thought it was going to, you know, be bad. out of beer. Yeah, they... Oh, disaster. It's over. Although they had one of the the best things I've ever seen of any sports stadium do. It was... You get get a six-pack of cups and they had a carrying thing for it. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. Dude, look up on Twitter, Tottenham's new stadium. They have their um, they had like the test event, and they had how you f- they fill up the pints and stuff. The pints fill up from the bottom. Yeah, a lot of different teams have that. Yeah, but it literally it looks so it looks so legit. That, that's not new news. Every every dude, every it's the first. Stadium, it's the first time I've seen it. I'm like, oh dev- my god! Have that so, I've never seen. Stands. I've never seen it before. Yeah, dude, I literally looked at it at Tottenham Stadium. I was it's like, not oh that, my it was god! Mind, that was like mind blowing. Like five years ago. Well, it was. It was I, I was a little late to the hype train there. Yeah, you were. Um, Manchester City, obviously in the Premier League, smashed. I think they smashed eleven different records, and they won the Premier League title with like two months left in the season. Um, they became England's first Centurions, the first team in English history in the Premier League to reach one hundred points in a season. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they, they, you look at the obviously right now. You know, we could have a little bit of a fight going on in May here. Liverpool in first, Tottenham in second. Yeah, man. Could get a little interesting going down the end, but at this point at Christmas, Manchester City was already twelve points clear. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it wasn't even close. Um, so there's a big season for them. Uh, Real Madrid captured their third straight Champions League title after that uh, infamous win over Liverpool. Did Sergio Ramos give Carius the concussion and purposely take out Salah? The world may never know. Yeah, whatever. 
And then um, Atlanta United here in America won their first title in their first two years of existence. And they've really set the standard for a model MLS franchise. They sell out that Falcons um, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. No, not the Superdome, whatever. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. There's like 20 of them. Um, they sell that out. There was, there was a few games this year. There's more people at Atlanta United games than Atlanta Falcons games. Yeah. Well, I mean... There's there's a reason because of that. Yeah, the Falcons weren't that good this year, and and obviously Atlanta United was very fun to watch. But they've really set the standard of like this is what an MLS team looks like. They didn't go out and go get the fancy European players who are going to come here for two years and retire. They went found young blossoming, um, you know, teenagers from South America who just blew up, became amazingly good players, got a pretty famous coach and Tata Martino to go help them out. And look what happened. You get a championship in two years and they've really set the standard of, yo, this is one. And this is what an MLS team should look like. You know, this is what we want to strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they do have some fixing to do that. Some of their players are going to leave because they're so talented. They'll go to Europe and Tata Martino, is leaving to take the Mexican national team job. Good luck with that. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we had an Olympics year. Can't skip over the Olympics. The Olympics are obviously very important here. Um, men's curling winning their first ever gold medal. That was definitely a solid victory. Yeah, you don't you don't see that. No, definitely not. Um, Chloe Kim and Sean White definitely, as far as like snowboarding, were the big stories there. Sean White, one last ride. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's nice. See, that's at the end of an era. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be miss. It's gonna be missed. Yes, he is going to be missed. It's gonna be sad not seeing the flying tomato on the half pipe anymore. One hundred percent. But Chloe Kim's still eighteen, nineteen years old. You know? Oh yeah, she's exciting. She, yeah. She'll definitely fill in the shoes for our boy Shawnee White. And then obviously the big talking point here in America was that the NHL did not allow. It's pros to go to the Olympics this year. So that gave Russia with Kovalchuk, Datsuk, and all their players the green light to even with the ban against them, you know, they were Olympic athletes from Russia because of the whole doping thing. Mm -hmm. They still went on and got their gold medal because, I mean, come on. They played Germany for the gold medal. Yeah. Because America and Canada don't have any of their pros. Yeah, and they did, They looked sloppy. The closest that I think the Americans had to a pro was they had Brian Gionta. Yeah, because as, as their captain, because he just he's out of the NHL. Yeah, and, you know, when he's your cat, it's you're saying something because you have so many. Both America and Canada had so many missing players. It's like you might as well give Russia the gold medal at that point. For, yeah, it, it was pretty obvious who was going to win at the drop of the puck. Yeah, pretty much. You watch you watch Russia go out. You're like, oh god. Yeah. Even though Kovalchuk and Datsuk were very old, still, yeah, still very talented. Even though Kovalchuk has not enjoyed a particularly great welcoming back to the NHL for Christmas with this the year, Kings. For Christmas this year, I bought my dad and my sister tickets to the. Uh, I'm Kings thinking. Of, I'm thinking of getting tickets to that game. We'll see. Yeah, it's a possibility. We'll um, college football in 2018, the changing tide. As um, obviously Tua Tagovailoa replacing Jalen Hurts in the national championship game, then they go on and they beat Georgia, and then 
just a month ago about Jalen Hurts replaces Tua Tagovailoa to win the SEC championship and a true great comeback story. Same team, same stadium. Obviously, SEC championship isn't a national is, title. Is, is, that, is that a great story or a great blunder? I think it's a great story for Jalen. Jalen Hurts came back because of injury. It, it, it's a great story for Jalen Hurts, but it's not a great story for Georgia football. No, dude, Kirby Smart, that fake punt on like fourth and nine from midfield might have been one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I can say that about the Steelers. Last Absolute week. wrong time to try and be Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Doug Peterson would not fake punt fourth and nine from midfield. He goes for it, but it's cal- the, the Eagles were four for four on fourth down with two touchdowns against the Texans. Jeez. Big balls dug his back. Yeah. Um, and basketball. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I thought that was a great story for Jalen Hurts to come back. And I think from what we've seen in 2018 so far, dude, these bowl games put me to sleep. It's I feel like half of well, them have been utter blowouts. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's the thing. that All, all these extra bowl games that happen every year. Yeah, it's nice to see all this football, but yeah, they're not good. Uh, especially today, the Auburn game. Like, 63-14. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Against like, Purdue. Someone... Why, why are those two teams playing? Did I... you see the Reddit post? It was a guy from Reddit who had the Ohio State logos, his profile picture posted, how did we lose to this team Yeah, right. when Ohio State lost to Purdue? And then the next reply it was a guy who had the Tennessee logo as his profile picture, and it was him saying, how did we beat this team for when Tennessee beat Auburn? Yeah, right. Um, do you think that these absolute, just not even close, disproportioned um, bowl games are leading us more towards a 18 playoff? I think that would be a lot nicer. Um It'd be nice, like it'd be nice if they were able to do it, like kind of have like the these three divisions, like the Big Ten, the ACC, and let's just say the SEC versus the Pac-12, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Big Twelve, and what's another one? It to the big the Power Five is SEC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC. Yeah. So that's a big five. Maybe put a, a six conference in there or something like that. If if there is a six, right? Conference. If you get if you get eighteen playoff, each conference champion virtually gets in. Pretty much, yeah. And, and then, then you put three scrub teams. Right, you get you get three, um, you get three put, at large bids. Yeah, put put the three teams that are like first through eight. I mean that that would that would cut away so much controversy. I'd rather be talking about who's not getting in in the eight for the eighth seed than who's not getting in in the fourth seed. Correct. So I think it does kind of push towards that. Do I think it's going to happen anytime soon? No. I think it's going to happen probably five years from now. Over, I would say over five years from now, like mm-hmm. six or seven years from now, we'll probably have eight teams. And then lastly, let's jump into a little college basketball. Um, Obviously, a history-making year. Villanova beat Michigan for another title for Jay Wright and Villanova. They had a great team this year. But I felt like the real highlight of the tournament was more so uh, Sister Jean, Loyola, Chicago. Yeah. And, I mean, UMBC beating 
Virginia, the first time a 16 seed beat a one seed. I was, I was, I forget who I was talking about with it, but I remember that we were at Kills. I was there watching that game, and remember the DJ was like, I think it was St. Patrick's Day that we went. I don't remember. We may have, but I remember being there, and the DJ was like, "Yo, if you're not looking at a TV right now, you should." Something important's happening. Yeah. <laughs> because how many times do you see like those little schools g- play those bigger schools and they and the big schools like, okay, we're down 15. Let's start trying now. And they win by one. They go on a run. Virginia never got that run. Yeah. UNBC just kept building. Because I feel like with Virginia, Virginia is a defensive-minded team. They're not going to go, okay, we're down 15. Who's going to go make the run? It's crap we're giving up points yeah you know when you looked at a lot of their wins even this year virginia is a good team they don't score they don't outscore teams they play very good defense mm-hmm. so when you're losing and you have no one who can make a run for you there's no getting past that right so you know umbc became the first 16 seed to beat a one seed that was great and then lastly before we get into some of our 2018 awards the rise of zion dude Dude, dude's a tank. He is an absolute unit. It's gonna be honestly, it's gonna, it's gonna be real exciting to see him go into the NBA. All right, so that's our 2018 review. Again, you could tell us what you think of our review at Wide Open underscore Sports on Twitter. And with that, Rick, instead of a final drive this week, let's get into our 2018 Wide Open Sportscast Awards. The best parts of the year. Um. First award, best championship team. Rick, who are you giving it to? Uh, so I'm giving it to the Philadelphia Eagles. Bird game. Um, for, for a few reasons. One, uh, they overcame extraordinary odds, both with their backup uh, QB, and he became the, the MVP of the Super Bowl. Big as, dick. As well as, uh, I mean, for, for me, it was – it was uh, nice for my mother before she passed. It was like a nice sentimental moment for me, pretty much. Just mm-hmm. realizing afterwards, she finally got to see her Eagles win a championship. So for me, best championship team, Eagles. I love that for the Eagles. I'm actually going to go with the Boston Red Sox as the best championship team. Um, because they just dominated. The Eagles dominated too. But this Red Sox team was history making. Yeah. You know, like, so that's why I, in my book, obviously I had two championship teams to pick from this year, luckily, but I, I'm going to give it to the Red Sox because, yeah, the, the Eagles story, the Eagles story was better than the Red Sox. The Red Sox had won it before, and the Red Sox didn't have that giant moment where, you know, Wentz goes down for the Eagles and Foles comes in as a backup and beats the best to ever do it in the Super Bowl. But the, this Red Sox team was so dominant, and if you're looking at best overall championship team, I would give it to Boston. What about your male athlete of the year? Uh, for me, it's Pat Mahomes, no doubt, just because, uh, like we said before, we did not see this coming. It it came, and it's still here, and it's still great to watch. It's it's great watching a young player just c- come out of nowhere and just dominate like he has. Um, it's a little bit less because he has that one less player there. But, I mean, still, he, he's had an amazing year. And, honestly, he's my vote for season MVP for for the NFL. And I'm going to pick an MVP from baseball, Mookie Betts. 
Um, dude, Mookie had a great year, obviously. World Series, title, MVP. He broke so many records this year alone. And he's a phenomenal bowler. He got he had a perfect game. He had a three hundred to qualify for the PBA uh, championships this year. Just imagine that. Like, yeah, it's off season for baseball. I'm gonna go be a pro bowler now. Yeah, right. So good to you, Mook. What about your? It's it's nice to see a two sport athlete. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially in this day and age. I love it. Um, what about your female athlete of the year? Uh, going to the Olympics, Chloe Kim. It was it was fun watching her ride the half pipe this year. Mm Hmm. I'm going to go with Arike Okimbale from Notre Dame. Dude, all those game-winning threes, especially the one to beat UConn. Oh, yeah. That was unbelievable. That was great for her. What's your best comeback story? Uh, Best comeback story? I'm going to say Andrew Luck um, just because I did not think he was going to be as good as he is right now. Uh, I thought, and especially at the beginning of the year, I, I thought a huge sign that he wasn't all there was when they tried to do a Hail Mary. Yeah, that was they, against and, Philadelphia. And they, and they put in Jacoby Brissett instead of uh, instead of Luck to throw the Because the they bomb. didn't think he could reach the end zone. But then a couple weeks later, he, pretty, he it, wasn't a Hail, it was a Hail Mary, but it wasn't at the end of the game, and he threw that distance. He was able to throw that. So that, uh, how well the team is doing this year, and potentially – uh, in the playoffs, depending on how they play against Tennessee, mm-hmm. potentially that I mean that's that's a great story. How about you? I'm gonna go with Jalen Hurts because seeing that how he came back, and again, does Georgia have something to do with it? Yes, but still the fact that he's able to come on um, after being benched, same stadium, same team he's going against. It was like the perfect comeback story, and it was great to see. So definitely my redemption story goes to Jalen Hurts. What about best underdog story? I'm going to go with UMBC beating Virginia because obviously 16 seed beats the one. We talked about it. You know, they'd never been done before. It was absolutely remarkable, and some people will probably be saying, Feds, how come you're not saying the Eagles? This is why. The Eagles were the number one seed. They went 13-3, and three. Mm-hmm. even though you had this comeback story, and yeah, they were underdogs according to the to the bets and everything like that. They were still the number one seed, had a 13-3 and three record, and even though Foles was in, and Foles did a phenomenal job, that Philadelphia Eagles team was still very talented. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we were the underdogs. I loved every second of it, but were, we weren't a 16 seed as beating a number one seed. Yes, UMBC didn't win a championship, but that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. University of Maryland at Baltimore College. It's a lacrosse school. Yeah. Now, it, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. That It was just, one, it was fun to watch, but two, I mean, like, like you said, that shouldn't have happened. No, not talking, I, I, was, I played lacrosse. I'm not trying to trash talk lacrosse this is the truth they are a pretty good lacrosse team would <laughs> not know them for basketball um biggest blunder uh for me i i'm gonna say georgia bulldogs because they had two different championships in the palm of their hands and threw it away in the second half yep uh, both against alabama so I I was I'm gonna say the georgia bulldogs are the biggest blunder i i could i could say the whole State of Atlanta is pretty much a big blunder. Besides the MLS team now, yeah, the, the MLS team changed that. 
Yeah, they, that, that was their their tie. Like it was like when Cleveland finally won a title, Washington finally won a title, Atlanta finally wins a title, but it's their MLS team. Yeah, I mean, not a big four sport. Not a big four sport, but still pretty big. Especially it's growing. The MLS cons- is consi- growing. Yeah, it is growing. And considering how how much I talked about the Vegas Golden Knights, I I had the same I have the same thoughts about the Atlanta United. Like it's just it's an incredible story. Yeah, they didn't get there the first year, but they got there their second year. That's still an incredible story. Mm-hmm. And th- that that can be argued against the Vegas Golden Knights making it to the finals. And the way that Atlanta did it by literally setting the foundation of this is what a exceptional MLS franchise looks like. When you sell out 70,000 people at a game. Yeah. And you'll have the entire city behind you. Like This is what your team should look like. I agree. But, I, but going back to blunders... Georgia Bulldogs. You ever see the meme of the Georgia Bulldog logo and the Atlanta Falcon logo, and they're on the Spider-Man's pointing at each other, Ouch. and it's both of them like just like oh yeah I've seen that <laughs> yeah. Um, my biggest blunder, Nate Peterman. It like Nate Peterman is <laughs> like you, you almost you feel bad for the dude because yeah. I mean he's he's not like he's not put in the best situations. He was ever the bills since he's are been, trash. The Bills have been trash. He hasn't been put in any good situations. Because, I mean, they have no one to throw to. They had Kelvin Benjamin, but obviously that didn't develop, and now he's on the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Uh, McCoy just gets injured. They don't have an offensive line, really. No. So, I mean, yeah, Nate Nate Peterman is making a lot of desperate throws, but it's just because he's so shell-shocked. But you know who believes in him? The Raiders. Yeah, but uh, my argument for Nate Peterman is pretty much the same thing. In In a way, the same thing happened to him in college. He was at Tennessee. He got injured, transferred to Pittsburgh, played amazing at Pitt, beat Clemson. Yeah, I remember that. So he he's had success in football. It's on a different level on NCAA, but he had to do a change of scenery. So maybe this change of scenery with whatever the hell John Gruden is trying to build there, he's mm-hmm. going to get a lot of first-round draft picks, and obviously Carr is going to be is starting to turn out like his brother. Yeah. And just being a shell shocked QB, I mean, he had that one good year, and then yeah, he, he had that one good year up until he broke his leg. After he broke his leg, that he's been shit ever since. Pretty yeah. much shit ever since. He's had a few, one or two good games here or there, but he's been pretty much shit. Yeah. So he's pretty much becoming like his brother as a shell shocked QB. Maybe you don't, you never know. Nate Peterman may show up. I could be speaking out of my ass here, <laughs> but maybe Nate Peterman could show up. I mean. John Gruden seemed to like him when he did that whole QB school on ESPN when he was an analyst yeah. there. But let me tell you about this, <laughs> David Carr. Um, and then lastly, Rick, to wrap it up for this week and to wrap it up for 2018, what was your favorite memory in sports of 2018? Uh, I, I would say Vegas Golden Knights making the finals. I mean, co- combination of Vegas Golden Knights making the finals and Ovechkin getting his first championship, because. Uh, one, I mean, I, like, I keep saying this, but it's an amazing feat. Like, I can't stop saying that. Secondly, though, for the Ovechkin side, I mean, it's nice to f- to finally see the great eight hold a Stanley yeah. Cup. I mean, he, he has more than deserved it. He is a, he's an incredible player. He just hasn't been able to be put on this, uh, on this stage because they just seem to choke. What, what, especially what, when they run into Pittsburgh. Especially when they run into Pittsburgh and they got past Pittsburgh. So... It was an amazing feat by them for both both Vegas and Washington. Mm-hmm. How about you? 
you know what it is. Uh, probably Eagles. The Eagles finally, finally winning a Super Bowl. Even though we might not get to defend it. Yeah. It's all going to come down to Kirk. Well, I, dude, I mean, it's... You got there and you won it. Exactly. I mean, it'd be nice to repeat. Hell yeah. I, it- I mean, am I like uh, like the half of Eagles fans that are still like, oh, we won the Super Bowl last year? Like, no. Dude, you always want more. You can't just look back and be like, oh, one was oh, nice. Every, everyone wants more, and everyone yeah. wants their first. There, but, there's, but there's so many Eagles fans that are still like, oh, you know, we won last year. It's like, no, you always want more. Yeah. You get one. We Yeah, we got our first. It was absolutely beautiful, but... You always want more. Then, but nothing good happens. You know, everyone remembers their first, but when you only look at your first, nothing good comes out of it. I mean, Philadelphia—they had a, again. They've had more starters than any team in the NFL this year, and they've had forty-plus different starters this year because of all the injuries they've racked up, so on and so forth. Plus, Super Bowl hangover, all that other stuff. I think if they move a few things, it'll be very exciting to see next year. But if the Eagles go out. If they win and if Minnesota wins, I was, I, was, I was having this conversation with some friends and some of them were saying like, no, we should, should have made the playoffs. I'm pissed off, whatever. If they win and they go 9-7 and seven and they don't make it because the Vikings win, I'd rather that they're going out with a fight because they easily could have packed the bags in when they lost to Dallas. The division was gone. They moved down to a 10% chance of making the playoffs. They easily could have, they had the Rams and the Texans before they had to get to Washington. And you easily could have packed the bags in and said, we're done. But at least this Eagles team for me is showing fight. That And if they get to 9-7, and seven, if they miss the playoffs, it's like, okay, we won four of our last five, five out of our last six, whatever. We're going to take this into next year. I would much rather see them fight and miss and go 9-7 and seven than watch them go 6-10 and because they packed it in after losing to Dallas. True. Well, good luck. Thank you, dude. Same to you. Very, very big week 17 for us. Definitely. So, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Again, this is the Wide Open Sportscast. You can find us on Twitter at Wide Open underscore sports. And don't forget to check out the Wide Open Sportscast on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, and iTunes. We will see you guys next year. Adios. See ya. Our future leaders in America. Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.